Welcome to Powered, Powered by, by magic. magic, where we discuss topics surrounding, I don't know, magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. So how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm facing a big moving task in my house. I'm going to switch my bedrooms around. And that's already presenting its problems with my treadmill, trying to get it out the bedroom door. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like it's going to be an easy task at all. I don't even know how the movers got it in here, so I'm sure... I'm not sure how I'm getting it out. <laughs> and, of course, that's going to be with your help. Yes. So I'm hoping that we are effective, but I don't know how you're going to... If you're going to even feel up to that today. Anyway, we'll come around to that. Uh, the other thing that's going on for me is that I'm going to be starting up some computer classes for Windows HP kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You've been on Mac for so long. Yeah, I mean, I used to know Windows equally as well as I did know Mac, or do know Mac, but it's been so, so long, and since I'm going out and trying to find a different job now, everything requires that you know Windows. Windows, yeah. And that really puts me at a disadvantage, so I'm going to try to learn over a five-week course two times a week in the evenings. Mm. Windows, yippee. <laughs> Not real excited about that, can you tell? Yeah. And then I'm getting ready to start pet sitting again. Mm. So back into the swing of things. Yep. Not mm. a dog this time? No, well, there is a dog, but it's a really small dog that doesn't go outside mm. at all. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we have pee pads around the house kind of thing. Oof. Yeah. Um, so just a little chihuahua and then two kitty cats that I love. Aw. Yeah. And it's a short house sit. I'm doing several short house sits in a, you know, coming up. Okay. Not in a row, but coming up. And then I'm going to have a really long one for three weeks. Mm. Again. Mm -hmm. Kitty cat that I have known for years. How about you? How are you doing? I mean, I kind of know, but why don't you let the audience know? Yeah, I'm going to apologize right now. I have a headache. It's been steadily getting worse throughout the morning and the day. So if I slip up and have some problems, I do apologize. Other than that, things are doing pretty good. I had my girls weekend, which you all know about, and I got my hair dyed. I went with a watermelon motif. Which looks great. <laughs> so it's it's variegated green on the top and then the under layer, like what you call it, next to the neck. Nape line? Yeah, the nape line is pink. Yeah. And then in ESO, uh, I have a guild that me and my brother started that's for role play, and it's starting to take off pretty well. So I'm rather excited about that. Yeah, that is exciting. You said the numbers to me a second ago. Oh, yeah. So we started out with about four or five people joining right at the beginning. And no, actually, it was about four people. Yeah, it was four people right at the beginning. And now we have like 23. So it's getting there. We still have quite a ways to go, but it's been fun. That's great. That's really, really great. Do you get people... How do you get people? I'm just curious. Like, 
mostly I run around the in-game world advertising the uh, advertising the guild. And just saying, hey, we're a roleplay guild. Would you like to join? And we have a little thing like, you know, somebody slips you a note and, you know, are you tired of, you know, this and this and would you like power? Oh, cute. cute. Yeah. And which game is this one again? Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, okay. Now I've just plugged you. Ha ha. You didn't even know I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I I roped you into that one. Aha. (laughs) Maybe people come find you now. Ah, maybe. Well, if they really want to... Well, it's hard for people to find you because... There isn't really a system to search in Elder Scrolls Online for guilds. Mm. Yeah. The name of the guild is the Quiet of Midnight. Mm. Mm-hmm. But. Okay. Yeah, you have to actually have like a link to the guild to really oh. get a hold of it. I tried. Which sucks. Yeah. Well, I tried. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Shall we start? We shall. All right. So first question, we're jumping right in. Magic sex rituals. How are they done, and what's the purpose of them? Well, it's generally used for marriage of the god and goddess together. In some cases, it might be used for fertility rites. In others, it might be used to become a high priest or priestess. How they're done is much more complicated. On a simple level, it is a ritual like all other rituals, at least in the Wiccan faith. However, the emphasis is placed more on the invoking of the god and goddess than other rituals, and it will have a physical component of sexual involvement from the person or persons who are trying to invoke the god and goddess into them. For the high priestess or priest, one, it would require another high priest or priestess to facilitate the process. In my experience, the sexual engagement is done in a pre-prepared room separate from the rest of the ritual, but still within the cast circle. Hmm. Yeah, I've never encountered any of this before, and while I, you know, mentally know that there are sex rituals and stuff like that, I've never engaged in one. I have no idea about them. I did because it was part of our coven's getting to a certain graduation point you agree that you're going to be celibate for a year and a day Mm -hmm. and you marry the god and goddess within you and that's done with a right a sexual right as Mm. well now we didn't go all the way with that but the concept was there and that's what you would normally do okay Um, the gentleman that was with me was married so we couldn't go you know, through ah, the whole yeah. thing, we it was an agreed thing, but okay. the the intention was there, yeah, and still did it, did my whole year and a day celibacy, celibacy, which wasn't that hard for me actually yeah. at the time, especially so I wasn't with anybody. Ah, but I also added in something to make it more difficult. I just want to say this on the you know for any other people who are out there doing this, if you find that it's like a super easy thing to do, the whole concept is. A, to marry the god and goddess within you for that year and a day. It's a process, so that's why the sexual component is taken away from your life. It's more added into the god and goddess Mm, energy. That energy, yeah. And you become knowing yourself as the masculine and feminine in a much better cohesive way. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's taken away. But I added in taking away drinking because I had a hard time with my drinking. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I'm not an alcoholic, but I did have trouble with drinking. So I thought that in fairness to make it 
more giving towards it and getting to know myself better was to take that away. And mm. that was actually a really life-changing piece for me. Mm. So okay. all of it was. Yeah. Anyway, that's, amazing. that's my only experience and that's what I'm drawing off of here. So, uh, let's go to, I can't even say the word. I'm going to let you go for this one. Okay. Is Rosicrucianism? Yes. Rosicrucianism. I can't even talk right now. Is Rosicrucianism related to chaos magic? And my answer is not really. I mean, they're both types of magic, but Rosicrucianism is a form of magic created by the Rosicrucians. It is very ritualized more social, and you learn more the higher up in the power structure you go. All in all, very ordered. Chaos magic, in contrast, is often done alone, as it tends to be very personal, and with whatever you may want to use, and with a trial and error type of method rather than a this is how you do it and this is how you go about it. Yeah, chaos magic is well, chaos. <laughs> it's it's very, like I said, very personal and whatever works for you specifically. Mm-hmm. It always sounds like a bad thing when you say chaos magic, but it's not. It's not. It's just it's just a different mode of magic. Of course, in general, in the Christian type of culture that we do have here in America, order is seen as the good and you know, da da da. Whereas chaos is evil and good point. That's a that's a really good point, and it shows how much it's embedded in my system. Mm-hmm. I was brought up Catholic, and you know, Christian. Yeah, it's it's just a it's yeah it's that dualism that Christianity has, yeah. or part of that dualism. Right, right. Pop culture deities, thoughts, and chaos magic. Well, I didn't touch on the chaos magic, I noticed, but I'm not really sure what to say here. Myths carry some weight due to the beliefs of many people over broad spans of territory, or at least that's my feeling about it. Mm -hmm. This was when connecting worldwide was often impossible depending on the time period. So I believe it carries more weight to it than our pop culture deities of today. And yet it is about mindset. If the mindset of the majority recognizes the same representation, does it make it a deity? Will this change them and have them go down in history as our new myths, legends, or deities? Partly it's a matter of what you think a deity is, and if they truly existed at some point as an actual living being. If that is so, then probably pop culture deities might belong in a different category than deities. Hmm. That's just my take. Yeah. So here I'm going to explain a little bit here. Pop culture deities are often considered egregores. An egregore is an entity created by the thought energy of many different people. Thought energy that agrees on a particular form and character of an entity. My example is Jack Skellington from the Nightmare Before Christmas movie. Many people have seen the movie and generally agree on his form and personality. This thought energy can breathe life into an idea and also a sort of power. If someone wants to appeal to an egregore or pop culture deity and it works for them, go right ahead. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree and I don't agree, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a little it's bit all of good. both. A little bit of both. I, I think that things are shifting and changing and mm-hmm. I can see like in Arthurian legend how pop culture deity can come into play as well 
Yeah, well, I mean, you could appeal to Merlin. Yep, exactly. Or Arthur, or... Right, exactly. And I thought about that when, after I'd answered this question, Mm -hmm. and I had taken another class that had touched on that, and I was like, huh, that actually could... I could see that. So Mm -hmm. I sort of sit on the fence a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Can invoking angels be dangerous? Hmm... Well, as with deities or entities, it is a matter of the intention behind the what and why of the invoking of them to begin with. Also, are you invoking them on your own behalf or for someone else? Generally, I think it unwise to invoke on behalf of somebody else since connections are personal and magic is overall meant to be done for the self. There are exceptions to the rule, naturally. But as for the self, I don't believe invoking angels is a bad thing as long as the intention is pure and positive. I mean, aren't they being invoked every time someone says a prayer in Christianity? Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's much like invoking other beings. Are you being courteous and respectful, or are you being frivolous with their time and misusing them? I think it's good to keep in mind what the goals and principles of the being are in any invocation. Now, there are definitely beings that are more prone to offense than others, and angels may very well be more forgiving, but that's no reason to press them on it. Right. They could just, you know, refuse to work with you at all after that. True. (laughs) Yeah. Just be respectful. Yes. Always. On the topic of entities, is there a proper way to address the fae? I believe that it's unlikely that it matters because their language is completely different to ours and there is unlikely to be an accurate translation between the two. It's the intention with which you use your word or words that makes the difference. With reverence. An insult comes from the how it is spoken. In other words, the intention with which it is spoken, not the words themselves. However, I think it unlikely that they would want to be considered in any way associated as being part of the human kind at all. So it's best to be clear that you understand this when calling upon them. They are not our equals. This is not to say they don't like meddling in our affairs. Far from it. Sometimes, however, I do think they appreciate the attention just for fun. That's why one must be very careful when addressing or inviting the Fae into one's life. Again, I say, address them with reverence and humbleness for they may consider themselves as equals to the likes of gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. They have a very high opinion of themselves, as I think they should, personally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same for dragons. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you... Yeah, you have to have a definite respect Yeah, for all these beings. For sure. How do portals open? What are, what are they? Well, very simply, a portal is a doorway into another realm. What is a portal? I believe it's a place where energy has come together that is attached to another realm. I feel it's very dense energy that we can tap into if we focus our own energy. By Miriam and Webster's account, it is, quote, doorway or entrance, especially a grand or imposing one. I think it's all wrapped up in energy magic. When you come to a portal, recognizing it for what it is, is a matter of centering yourself in front of the portal, bringing your energy together, and then using your dominant hand to push the energy through it to push the portal door open. That's how I've done it when I'm out in nature. 
For ritual, it's a little more complicated and it's done differently based on the tradition that you follow. Here's what I've experienced. You cast a circle to create a magic sphere which then becomes or connects you and your magic to another realm. You are then in that realm or in between realms. If you need to create a portal to temporarily exit that place, then this is the way I know how to do it. Face the perimeter of the circle where you wish to exit, usually the north, is what I suggest for its associations to other realms through caves and trees, etc. Then with your dominant hand from the left to the right, draw part of the letter A or top half of a triangle using your energy and then cross the bottom of the triangle by drawing a curved line to meet the other two lines ends. Next, visualize pushing the door open with your dominant hand. Once you have stepped through the portal door, be sure to close the door behind you, doing that process in reverse. Hmm. Portals can be opened by doing it on purpose, obviously, as Tatiana explained. Um, and that can be done by humans or other entities. Mm-hmm. Portals can also be opened unintentionally, usually by using a lot of power at one time or by calling entities to you. I hadn't thought of that. That's totally true. Yeah, I mean, depending on what your intention is for that power, you could be drawing from different places. And I did something similar to that when using a Ouija board, come to think of it. Mm -hmm. I unintentionally did that. Go for it. I'm sorry. It's all right. No worries. If you open a portal unintentionally or not, it's always a good idea to close it after because you can't be completely sure what will come through. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is totally what happened. And I mean, if you're ready to deal with what comes through, then go ahead. But like I said you never know. So it could be something that could kick your butt. Yep. And that is kind of what happened. So yes, I had to close that portal and shut down all energy around it, literally physical energy as well, such as lights. Um, I actually shut down, I didn't shut down the lights, excuse me. What I did is the opposite of that. I put on all the energy in the physical world to drown out the energy of the portal that I had just closed. Oh. And just sort of sealed it that way Mm -hmm. in a physical way. Okay. I didn't, I had forgotten all about that. Okay. Is there a way to defend against evil entities without being Christian? My answer is a simplistic one. First, depending on the tradition you follow, would determine if you even need to. For example, the Celts didn't believe in evil, heaven, or hell. But if you do believe in it, you would basically work some sort of protection magic. There are so many forms of this type of magic that I won't go into them here, but we have touched on them in at least one other episode, which was Season 2, Episode 15, for example. Depending on who you are and what you believe, there might not even be evil, as Tatiana just said. You might believe that there are entities whose goals are a detriment to your own existence, but evil isn't the word for that. But regardless, Christians do not own the market on defense against entities. Here you might do a spell or create a shield to surround yourself. A shield is easy to create. Just visualize an orb of light surrounding you. Often white light is used, but depending on your intention or the entity that you're trying to defend against, other colors might be better. Connect that orb to an energy source, either your own energy, a particular feeling you have, whenever you have like a moment of joy or something that would 
you would connect that to your shield and every time you'd have that, that would power the shield a little bit. And you might also connect it to an entity. Of course, that would be, have to be with their permission. But mm -hmm. now I personally have a guardian spirit that watches over me and keeps me safe. My shields tend to be for guarding against excess emotional energy for others, not necessarily for against other entities. From others. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, great. I hope that was all insightful for people. Helpful. Yeah. That's it was a little bit of a hodgepodge here. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to be running up against from here on out. Yeah. We're just trying to come up with questions that might be of interest to people. And we try to research those questions. Mm -hmm. Again, put it out there that it would be really helpful if you guys would consider writing in to us in some way. What, how would the best way be again? You can email us at TatianaSylviaPodcast at Yahoo.com. You can find us on our Facebook page, uh, Powered by Magic. And we also have a group that you can join. I think those would be the best those ways. Those are the best ways, I yeah. think. Yeah. Would really appreciate input and plugging ourselves again to, you know, have you please just some interaction and going back and forth is so helpful to us. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've been going at this a year and a half to almost two years. Yep. Pretty close. Pretty close to two. And we haven't heard from you guys and we really, really want to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. I'm Tatiana, saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia, saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered, Powered by, by Magic. Magic. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you.